This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today. And may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. Let's hear another amen for Brother Darren and Brother Dennis too. Thank you for the beautiful music. Amen. Amen. Yes, we'll gather at the beautiful river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. Amen. Soon, soon it will be. Let us bow our heads and pray. Dear gracious, loving Lord, we humbly come before your throne of grace, knowing, Lord, that without you we're nothing, and with you we're everything, because you created us in your image, Lord, and we accept your free gift of salvation. And those who have not, who have not accepted it today, Lord, I pray that they may open their hearts and accept thee as their personal Savior today. Lord, we humbly come before you because we want a better understanding of your word. And as we read your scriptures, as we study, we invite the presence of your Holy Spirit to touch our hearts, to give us understanding of what we're going to to read, what we're going to hear, Lord, that it may touch our hearts to continue to serve you. And like I said, if we haven't accepted thee as a personal Savior, that it may touch our hearts, that we may open it to you today and accept thee. Lord, give us peace. We pray that we may continually let go of preconceived ideas. I pray that you may pulverize our character to the ground, that itself may not be in the way, but that we may have a open heart, a humble heart, so that we may be able to be teachable, willing to learn. So endow us with your Holy Spirit is my prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Before we'll start um, to preach, my wife and I, um, I'd like for you guys to watch this little short clip video. We have to answer for ourselves. Now, for me and my wife, we pondered on this verse many times. And we realize that with our finite minds, it's very difficult to see it in a bigger picture because of our finite minds. But we also see the beauty of God's promise. And just imagine, like Dennis had said, the day will be when we all can meet with Christ in that glorious day and dine with him. What a day that will be. And spend all eternity with him. But you know what makes me believe it even more? Because the Bible says so, and so I therefore I believe it. We truly are living in the last day's earth history, and this verse becomes more and more prominent in our lives as we go about doing the Lord's work and sharing the good news to a dying world, people who need the Lord. We pray that Jesus will continually continue to add a double portion of faith in our lives, on his promises and in his holy word. Staying in the same chapter in verse 5 in 1 Corinthians, it says, we read, and I believe this, these next couple of verses really hits home, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of what? Men. But in the power of God, what is that power? Have you ever thought about that? What is that power that Paul is speaking about? Verse 10 through 14, verses 10 through 14 says, But God has revealed unto them unto us by his what? His spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, amen, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, and boy, do we have a lot of that today going on, man's wisdom and not the word of God, but which the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing what? Spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man or the unconverted man. Receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness unto him. Neither can we know them, because they are spiritually discerned. It's a handful, a lot of verses, but it makes sense. Um, Driven by the Holy Spirit, guided by the Holy Spirit, is the only way we can understand truly the Word of God. 
Let us turn to PowerPoint number one. I wanted, I thought this was very important. And as we can see when you mentioned that the Holy Spirit can guide us to all truth. And we can think to ourselves, can we say, but the Holy Spirit, can we all have the Holy Spirit? Right? Amen. When you're going through certain situations and you, it comes into your mind to make a decision, right? Your, whatever situation in your job or even to get married, right? Such an important decision. When you pray, and sometimes you feel in situations that the Holy Spirit is talking to you, yes or no? Amen. And he tells you, yes, take this path, or no, don't take this path. And through his word, he speaks to us. So thank the Lord, we all have the privilege of receiving the Holy Spirit. And we all have the privilege to accept the call of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because he calls us all. But do we all listen? We all have the privilege to listen and accept. Amen. Amen. Let us look at the screen. Um, there's one in the back in case you guys cannot read that far. It Try says, God intends that even in the life, the truth of his word shall be ever unfolding to his people. Amen. This is only one way in which this knowledge can be obtained. We can attain to an understanding of God's word only through the illumination of the spirit by which the word was given. The things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and uh, 10. And the Savior's promise to his followers was, when he, the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you and guide all of us, amen, into all truth. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. Amen, Amen, that we had that privilege this morning Amen. to know that the Holy Spirit can guide us to all truth. Amen. Amen. So that power we know is a power of the Holy Spirit. And it's key, we mention the Holy Spirit because it's vital in our understanding of the scriptures. It's imperative that we invite the presence of the Holy Spirit when we study the scriptures because he would illuminate our minds so that we may have a better understanding of those words in our lives. Amen. So that power is none other than the power of the Holy Spirit. Another interesting quote we read. God desires man to exercise his reasoning powers, and the study of the Bible will strengthen and elevate the mind as no other study can. And I wanted to stop here a minute because, you know, I, I have children, and, you know, when they go to school, there's a lot of books that they tell them to read. And sometimes we think we can acquire a lot of knowledge if we go to college and we study all these books. But it says in the word of God, that is the true knowledge. All those other things are important. We need to receive knowledge. But the true knowledge comes from the word of God. Amen. Amen. Yet we are to be aware of the fine reasons, which is subject to the weakness and infirmities of humanity. If we would not have the scriptures clouded to our understanding so that the plain truth shall not be comprehended, we must have the simplicity and faith of a child, of a little child, ready to learn and beseeching the aid of the Holy Spirit. What one verse, that, well, a scripture verse that comes into my mind, and you guys are familiar, what happened when the disciples prevented the children to come? Mm-hmm. Let the little children come to me. Amen. So like you said, sister, it's supposed to be with simplicity and faith of a little child, ready to what? Learn and beseeching of the aid of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A sense of the power and wisdom of God and of our inability to comprehend his greatness shall inspire us with humility. Amen. And we should open his word as we would enter his presence with holy awe. Amen. When we come to the Bible, 
Reason must acknowledge an authority superior to itself, and heart and intellect must bow to the great I am. Powerful, and isn't it? And that's why we're here. That's why we're here, because the Holy Spirit has touched our heart through his word. I know that each one of you can testify mm -hmm. of what the Lord has done in your life. Amen. And that's Amen. why we're here this morning, and we praise his holy name. Amen. And I love the last quote when it says, and I highlighted them in yellow because I thought they were important to me um, and were important to us as well. I mean, when we come to the Bible, a reason must acknowledge an authority superior to itself, and the heart and intellect must bow down to the great I am. Amen. Sometimes human reasoning, we feel that, ah, oh, the Bible don't mean nothing. Ah, what value is, uh, is of it when we read it? But when we humble ourselves and ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want me to do in my life? This is when the Holy Spirit can open our hearts and touch our hearts and direct us to the right direction. Amen. It brings me to remembrance of 2 Chronicles 7, chapter 7, verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It reads... If my people, which are called by my name, shall what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then what? I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and I will hear their land. Hmm. There's an occurring thing, humbleness, to be in the sight of the Lord. Why humbleness? Because humbleness acknowledges the great I am. It humbles us where we say, well, I don't know it all, Lord. I'm going through rough times. But I surrender my will to you, and in humbleness, I come with pleading from the bottom of my heart, help me in this situation. That means that we all have an opportunity, because it says that if my people, people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, that's what the Lord wants, a humble and contrite heart. And this, this takes me to that story of the woman that was, um, you know, at the moment that she was committing adultery, what happened? Mm -hmm. She was what? They caught her in the act, and they dragged her to where Jesus was. And when they dragged her, I bet, you know, let's think of that woman, how she must be feeling in front of all those people, right? Humiliated. You know, she was caught in the act. And let's focus right now on Jesus Christ. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one that created us. And at that moment, he could have told her, you know what? You're a sinner. You've been caught. That's your problem. There's consequences which we know they are, but the way he dealt with her Amen. and she humbled herself. We all know the story that she humbled herself and the Lord, the way he, he dealt with the situation that he began to write the sins of everybody else there, the Pharisees that wanted to accuse her. And then he says, if right, to throw the, the stone, whoever, yeah. mm -hmm, that's without sin. So in that moment, she gave her life to the Lord. She humbled herself to Amen. the Lord and Amen. the Lord, what did he do? He forgave Amen. her, just Amen. what he does with us. He forgave her sins. And I bet he threw it at the bottom of the sea and remembered them no more. Amen. You know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful feeling to be forgiven. Amen. You know, we can come to God in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins Amen. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Though Paul, in speaking to the Corinthians, reiterated, reiterated the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah in the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, 4, Paul wanted the people of Corinth to get a glimpse of what Christ can do in someone's life when they fully surrender their hearts to him. The wonderful working power of the Holy Spirit is the one who can transform and rejuvenate one's life, a life transformed for the working of God's purpose in our lives. But I also believe Paul also wanted the people of Corinth to have faith in the future coming of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a glorious event that will be when Jesus will take us to our permanent home, which is I'm often reminded of the beautiful music that was accompanied by um, Darren too as well playing the guitar. Um, 
John 14, 1 through 3, we're familiar with this, but it hits home even more when we think about the promises God has made for us. John 14, 1 through 3 tells us what? Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God. I go where? Place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. What a promise. How, ma- how many of us believe in that promise and take his word? Amen. Amen. What a love Jesus has for us. So no matter what situation you're going through today, maybe tomorrow, I want you guys to know this. Pick your head up because Jesus loves you. Amen. 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 And no, matter, that, mm-hmm. no matter what trials you're facing, whatever physical condition you're in. Amen. Like I said, pick up your head up because God Almighty loves you very much. Amen. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to see that we cannot tell ourselves that we don't, we're not worth anything because the Lord has paid a high price for us. And you know, this week, um, I, was, I went to do my hair, which had been months and months that I didn't have a chance to go. And the Lord always allows us to go places for a reason, right? And I was able, while I was at the hairstylist, I met this lady and she began to speak about her life. And brothers and sisters, I, I was just shocked of all the things that she was saying. She had been married and um, she had a lot of difficulties in her marriage. And she says that, you know, once she came into her house and, and her husband wanted to, you know, he killed himself and she caught him with her children in the act of trying to hang himself. And then she says that after that, she kept on and on about her life that she says that once, you know, she had to run for her life that he was shooting and he, he was trying to kill her, but he didn't get to shoot her. And she, other things, other, that I was just amazed. And I said, wow, you know, this lady really needs Jesus. So, you know, pray for her throughout the week because I'm, I, we have, I have her number, but I'm going to be contacting her. Amen. And I want you brothers and sisters to pray for this lady because she's been through so much that sometimes they think that they don't deserve anything good. You know, she thinks that she bought these things upon herself. And that can be true, but there is hope in Jesus Christ. There is hope in the word. And there is hope, just like this adulterous woman was caught in the act, and there was hope for her, and there has been hope for each one of us, there is hope for her. So please keep her in your prayers. And like it says here, like you were saying, you know that the Lord has a mansion for each one of us. He's going to prepare a mansion for each one of us. We can have that joy of spending our life in salvation with Jesus Christ. And Amen. we want the ones that are around us to be able to, be to, to uh, have, you know, the opportunity to share this with us. Amen. Amen. He has glorious homes, and we were paid with such a high price. I want you to remember this as we read the next quote. The Lord is disappointed when his people place a low estimate upon themselves. He desires his chosen heritage to value themselves according to the price that he has placed upon them. We're all valuable to the Lord. God wanted them, else he would not have sent his son on such an expensive errand to redeem them. He has a use for them. That means for us. And he is well pleased when they make the very highest demands upon him, that they may glorify his name, that they may expect large things if they have faith in his promises. Amen. So it goes back to don't tell me that life doesn't mean anything. Your life means nothing. It means everything. Christ paid such a high price for us. Pick your head up. Come to the Lord as you are, he says. 
you know, or else the spirit of prophecy stated, you know, he wouldn't have sent his son on such an expensive errand to die for the whole world to redeem. You know, brings me to 2 Corinthians 5.21, and Sister Wanda, I think I mentioned this at the Sabbath school, for he has made him to be what? Sin for us. Amen. Who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Now we can truly understand John 3.16, which we're familiar. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever what? That have everlasting life. Amen. That reminds me of the, of the story also in the scripture when it says here, they may expect large things if they have faith in his promises. Remember the woman in Matthew 9.21, that woman for that for 12 years has suffered from a disease that had made her life a burden. That woman was very weak. And we know that, right? When we lose blood, what happens to us? We're very weak. We can barely walk. And this woman for 12 years has spent all her money trying to be healed. But you know, it's beautiful because she had the hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And she says, if I can only touch him, touch his garment. When it says there that we can have a lot of things when we have faith. And the faith of this woman, we all know how great it was. Because as she was, and I love the part when I was reading uh, the Ministry of Healing, when we were reading it, and um, Ellen White says, when she says, if may, but I touch his garment, I should be whole. She believed it already. Amen. And it says, Christ knew every thought of her mind as he was making his way to where she stood. The Lord always makes his way to us. Amen. He always makes a way for us to be close to him. And he knew her heart already. He realized her great need and he was helping her to exercise her faith. Amen. And what happened when she touched Jesus? She became whole Amen. at the moment. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. You know, remind me of what? If we have faith of a what? We can move mountains. And I really believe that when you're going through trials, believe the Lord has forgiven you when you come to him with a humble heart and you confess your sins. Don't doubt God's forgiveness because he's true when he forgives somebody's life or he forgives us. He means it. And we can live anew. Another scripture that comes to my mind is found in 1 Peter 2.9. Right? And we're familiar with this. 1 Peter 2.9. But ye are a what? Chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. A peculiar people that ye shall show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Your life, again, is highly valued. Remember that. So I guess we can go to the next step. How can we be faithful and victorious Christians in this life? Part of that answer is on the screen, right? Christ in you, the hope of glory. But I want to look at two points that to me, I, I, my wife and I, as we went, we reviewed, reviewed this the last two weeks, how important this is. How can we be faithful and victorious Christians? How to maintain that vigor, that Christian lifestyle? One is examine yourself, yourselves. And two, watch ye. What does that mean? What does it all mean? Well, for me, when I go to, you know, when I go to the doctor, I like to go you know, and take a physical maybe once or twice a year. You know, they'll take out the blood, they'll check my sugar level, my cholesterol levels, the LDL, what is it, HDL, the triglycerides, you know. And for me, I had high blood pressure before and I was on, on pills. And so I knew that ah, I want to avoid this. So I had to change my lifestyle. I had to eat right. I had to do more exercise, you know, stay away from being in, in positions where it was stressful, you know. And I know sometimes in our jobs it can be very stressful. Um, but this is something that I had to, you know, I had to um, look at and say, maybe this is something I need to correct. Maybe I need to alter or even change my life to feel better and stay healthy. Well, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, 
2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is what? In you, except ye be reprobates. And I'm like, okay, okay, what does reprobate mean? What does examine yourself mean in that scripture verse? Well, the Greek meaning of the word reprobates is cast away or rejected. So let us reread the text and insert the word cast away or rejected. If we can have that on the screen, if not, let us turn to 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says... Because I truly believe when we read the scriptures and we kind of continue to reread the same thing, I feel like the Holy Spirit can impress our hearts even more as we continue to read this, the scripture verse again. So it says, and inserting cast away and rejected, which is the Greek meaning of reprobates, it says, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be what? Cast away or rejected. Also, the word examine in Greek is to test endeavor, scrutinize, or entice, and discipline. So if we insert the words, I like to put discipline. Discipline yourself, right? Whether you be in the faith. faith. Prove your own self. Know ye not your own self, how Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be cast away or rejected. We must continually heed the Holy Spirit and receive Christ's guidance and daily in order to have a victorious life. We also read in 1 Corinthians 11.31, it says, If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. What does that mean, if we would judge ourselves? Examine ourselves. Look at myself. What am I doing? Is my life in accordance to what the scripture is teaching me? Is my life a testament to those who are looking at me? He's a Christian. He's not a Christian. We are to discipline ourselves and compare our character to the life of Christ and his holy law. We are not to compare with our brothers and sisters, for if we do this, we will be easy, we will easily be, I'm sorry, we will be easy to be judgmental and fault-finding, and the standard is no longer God's law, but is man-made. It's easy to look at other people and compare our standards. Well, I don't do that, so that person must be a sinner. And so we, we compare it. Well, I'm higher than her, higher than him in my spiritual life. But we're not to compare our lives with one another. We're to compare it to the life of Jesus Christ and his holy law. If Christ did it, so we are to do the same thing with the ever-power working of the Holy Spirit. Mike, I'm sorry. Just the next PowerPoint slide. This is found in Fundamentals of Christian Education, page 214, paragraph 1. Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my more. One more? Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. We are to compare our characters with the infallible standard of God's law. In order to do this, we must search the scriptures, measuring our attainments by the word of God. Through the grace of Christ, the highest attainments in character are possible. For every soul who comes under the molding influence of the Spirit of God may be transformed in mind and heart. Amen. In order to understand your condition, it is necessary to study the Bible and to watch unto prayer. Amen. Amen. We are to look to the cross of Calvary and the high price I was paid for you and discipline ourselves to live a righteous life through the power of Jesus Christ. Psalms 119.11 tells us, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to what? Thy word. We are also acquainted with 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, while all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be what? Perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen? The scripture is our guide, is our test. Through the power and the aid of the Holy Spirit, we are to what? Be profitable for doctrines, for reproof, for correction. Hey, I'm doing something wrong with my life. I need to change. Lord, show me my ways. Show me my faults. For instruction in right living, in righteousness, is doing right. 
I'm going to leave you with one more quote on examining yourself and what Christ living in you can produce in your life. It says, the good tree will produce good fruit. If the fruit is unpalatable, unpalatable and worthless, the tree is evil. So the fruit born in the life testifies as to the condition of the heart and excellence of the character. Now, I want you to notice this. Good works can never purchase salvation, but they are an evidence of the faith that acts by love and purifies the soul. And this brings to heart the simplicity of a marriage. Mother's Days and Father's Day should not just be once a year. When you love your partner, it is every day. When you love Christ, it is going out and doing his will every day, being loving and forgiving towards one another. And though the eternal reward is not bestowed because of our marriage, yet it will be proportionate to the work that has been done through the grace of Christ. And that same power that God had to transform a soul that we see in the scripture is the same power that he has nowadays. Amen. Um, the story that when Jesus was in the, uh, the Sea of Galilee, and it says that he was on the boat, but he came to the shore, as I said, with his disciples. This is found in Matthew 8. And it says that when him and his disciples got out of the boat, it says that from some hiding place among the tombs, two madmen rushed upon them as if to tear them into pieces. You can imagine how that scene must have been. They're coming out of the boat. The disciples are with Jesus. And then two men, like crazy, come towards them. And it says in the ministry of healing that when the disciples saw this, I think that they did what you and me would have done. I see two madmen coming. What am I going to do? I'm going to run. And run like never before. <laughs> and it says that they ran. And when, because those madmen... The, the scripture describes them as they were what? Hairy and, and they, um, they were all with blood. And I, I just can imagine the scene. The thing was that when the disciples looked around, they didn't see Jesus. Where was Jesus? With the madmen. Jesus had peace and he had control over the situation. Amen. And it says that the Lord, we know the story in Matthew 8 that the Lord commanded those demons to come out of those men. And it's so wonderful to know that we all have hope, brothers and sisters. Amen. No matter what situation, we think, oh, there's no hope for that. That's too much. But you know what? Those madmen, that everybody was afraid of them in their town, the Lord took control of the situation. And what did he do? He got this, the demons out of them. And it says that evil spirits are forced to release their victims. And a wonderful change comes over those two men. Amen. Ellen White says in uh, Ministry of Healing, page 97, light shines in their minds. Amen. Their eyes beam with intelligence. Their countenance so long deformed into the image of saying become suddenly mild. And their blood-strained hands are quiet and the men Amen. lift their voices and praise to God. Amen. Praise Amen. And that same power that has been given to Jesus when he was here on earth has been given to us as well. We just need to have that faith, Amen. examine ourselves, read the scripture every day, and the same miracles that the Lord was doing, we can have it in our lives. The Lord can transform us to be light in this world. Amen. Amen. It, bring, it reminds me of John 15, 5, which states what? And guys are familiar with this. John 15, 5, it states, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bring forth, what? Much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And what did those men do? Once they were um, healed by the Lord, they became missionaries for the Lord. Amen. They were Amen. the ones that preached the gospel. 
in that town. Amen. Amen. Your so li everyone's life here, you have a testimony to share. Don't hold it back. Allow the Holy Spirit to open your hearts to share that gospel and the good news to those who are around you. Amen. Amen. The second point I'd like to look at is watch ye, right? We read in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. And I had trouble understanding quit you like men. What does that mean, quit you like men? So I had to go to the Greek word, and it says to act manly. So let us reread the verse again. It says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, act manly, be strong, right? Stand fast in the faith which Christ upholds you each day in our lives. Be strong in your commitment to Christ and in your daily walk in the presence of your heavenly Father. Watch ye, the Greek meaning of the word watch is to watch. Keep awake, keep awake, be watchful. We read the verse again. How do you understand this verse now, right? Be watchful, stand fast in the faith, be strong, be manly. You know, I'll give you an example. I used to play softball and I used to be center field. And one of the things I loved about softball and playing center field was that I used to observe the whole field. And my job as a center fielder was to, to make sure I covered the gaps, that no balls were to be hit in between. But I also learned to study the behavior, the batting of the batters, their, their movements of their feet. So by far, I would study and I would tell my brother who would play first base, Peter, look, move towards your left because I think he's going about to hit that side. So I would study. I would prepare myself, watch his feet, watch the hand movement, look at the signs to be watchful so that I can be prepared of what's going to come. And isn't that with Christian life? We are to watch and be on guard for our spiritual life. So after I'm watchful, how am I to bring my life under the guidance of the Holy Spirit? How? Colossians 2, verses 6 through 8 says what? As ye have therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so what? Walk in him. Rooted and build up in him and established in the faith. As ye have been taught, abounding therein with what? Thanksgiving. Beware what? Least any man spoil you through what? Philosophy and vain deceit. After the traditions of man, under the rudiments of the world, which is the world, basically the followments of the world, the elements, and not after Christ. We are daily to walk with Christ, receiving a new, refreshing strength and vigor to meet our trials with what? Peace and hope. If Christ is in the center of my life, trials are going to come, but I can have peace and assurance that Jesus will see me through. For all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. 1 Peter 4, 7 also comes to my mind. It reads, but the end of all things is at hand. Be ye, what, sober and watch unto prayer. The continual thing that the Lord always constantly provides for us, be watchful, examine yourself, be on guard. Christ very well knew about this battle of the flesh. In Matthew 26, 41, Christ in Gethsemane said to Peter, in which his disciples were all sleeping when he came to them, when he came to Peter, he said, watch and pray that ye, what, enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but what? The flesh is weak. I believe there's an important word or a key element in these verses. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Maybe the following quote of pen, the pen of inspiration will enlighten us. So with the followers of Christ, we can receive of heaven's light only as we are willing to be emptied of self. We cannot discern the character of God or accept Christ by faith unless we consent to the bringing into captivity of every thought to the obedience of Christ. Wow, it says every thought to the obedience of Christ. To all who do this, the Holy Spirit is giving without measure. In Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and in him ye are made full. Colossians 2, 9, and 10. Amen. Amen. So I highlight it empty of what? Self. Self. And we are constantly to bring into captivity every thought of the obedience, the thought of to the obedience of Christ. 
So I asked this question, what is our mind being influenced by? What should it be influenced by? I tell you this much, you want victory over your everyday problem? Expose yourself to the word of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit and you'll have victory in him every single day. The trials will come, but the Lord is faithful. When we occupied our minds with the things of the Lord, guess what? You'll see things brighter, you'll have more hope, and you can endure the trials that you go through. Why? Because Christ is in us. By now you should know what the key word or element is, and it's highlighted in yellow by what? Empty of what? Self. Me. It is the hardest battle we will have to face, but Christ won the battle for us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Our job is to be constantly in tune with the Holy Spirit's call, and being obedient in all things to the voice of Christ is the word, which is the word of God. We are constantly to be on guard as good, faithful soldiers in Christ, rejecting those man-made ideas or beliefs that are contrary to the word of God. As we live for Christ each day and bring every thought in subjection to the will of God, his word will be able to, what, and his word, I'm sorry, if we bring every thought in, in subjection to his will, to the will of God, and his word, we will be able to resist temptation. Amen? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and I love this one because it hit home many years ago and it still does today. There, are, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But what? God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what ye are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen? Amen. What a loving God. Yet we're going to go through the trials. We're going to face situations, crises in our life. But the Lord does not give us more than what we can handle or doesn't allow things to happen more than what we can bear and handle. He provided a way for escape, right? And his son, Jesus Christ, is, is our savior. He is the one we can go to at any time and call his name for help. What a mighty God we serve. What a merciful father is he that he will not only give us more than we can handle, but he also provided a way for escape. Amen. Though the life of Christ through the life of Christ, accepting him as our personal savior and dying daily in him by living our lives in accordance to his command, we can become victorious and the peace, have a victorious life and the peace that surpasses all understanding. Paul understood this. I'm sorry. Peter understood this battle of the flesh as well. We read in first Peter five, eight, right? And we're familiar with this. It says, be sober and be vigilant, which is to keep awake, watch, wake, be watchful, be sober, be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. By living in Christ, we are to shield ourselves by the fiery darts of the enemy. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, 16, and Hebrews eleven six, we read, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, right? That shield of faith, you know, things coming among my way. No, I'm going to bend my knees and say, Lord, if all things are possible with you, I'm going to subject my will to you, and you're going to give me the strength to protect me and protect me from all that is evil. And verse 11, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, but without faith, what? You know, it brings home to the marriage life. You know, I trust my wife. I have faith in the work that she does. If I don't have that, well, my life will be, you know, calling her, what are you doing? What's going on here? <laughs> you know, but I have faith that she's a woman of God, and my trust is in the Lord that no matter what situation we're going through, he's going to see us through. But that her life testifies who's living in her. You know, and we have that promise of the Lord that as long as God is with us, yeah, we're going to go through trials. But you know what? If Christ made it and did it, he's going to see us through the same way. Amen. Let us read another interesting quote from the Spirit of Prophecy, which is basically the last one. I love this one. It says, The directions laid down in the word of God leave no room for compromise with evil. 
the Son of God was manifested that he might draw all men unto himself. Amen. He came not to lull the world to sleep, but to point out the narrow path in which all must travel who reach at last the gates of the city of God. His children must follow where he has led the way. At whatever sacrifice of ease or selfish indulgence, at whatever cost of labor or suffering, they must maintain a constant battle with self. Mm -hmm. And when it says constant battle with self, even in the smallest things. By one, one example was um, that I was praying this week. I said, the Lord helped me not to have sweets. You know, I like my cupcakes, or and then my students gave me so many Oreo cookies at the end of the school year, and so many things, and I was telling my husband, this is a huge battle. To say no is very hard. Mm -hmm. And I've heard a, a sermon about Dutch, Dutch Bachelor. Dutch Bachelor, he said that he was struggling because even in the simple things, brothers and sisters, he said that he had to have Haagen-Dazs ice cream every day, every day, no matter where he was. Mm -hmm. He says that sometimes he would stop preaching. I mean, he would, when he Happy ended church. his sermon, he says that wherever he was at a hotel, he had to go and get his Haagen-Dazs ice cream. And he said, brothers and sisters, I have to admit this to you tonight. He says, because I was preaching one thing, but I was, he was said, submitted to that ice cream. And it seems little things. We all have to examine ourselves to see what the Holy Spirit tells us that we need to change. And it says there that we cannot compromise with evil. In the little things, brothers and sisters, it's like I try to teach my children in the little things, then it escalates and it gets what? Bigger things. And then it's a huge avalanche that we cannot control. But help us, Lord, and pray for me, brothers and sisters, that I may be able to be strong in, in saying no to sweets when I need to. Amen. And in other things as well. We all have Amen. a constant Amen. battle in a lot of things. Amen. Faith in Jesus Christ, believing in his word, and constantly yielding, like you said, my wife, yielding to our lives to the power and direction of the Holy Spirit will give us a faithful and victorious life. A life that is patterned and molded after the life of the, our Lord Jesus Christ. We, ha we can have faith, we can believe and have faith in every word of God. And now we can understand this verse even better. 2 Timothy yeah. 4 through 7. And isn't this beautiful? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Let me hear an amen when you guys get to it. 2 Timothy 4, 7. Believing every word that God has said, I'm going to trust in him. We understand Paul's famous verse, or one of his famous verses that is so uplifting, when he goes... I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, Amen. which Praise the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day, not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. Amen. Amen. There's a promise there. Hold on to the Lord every day. Hold on to his promises. Have faith in the Lord. If you lack faith, ask the Lord for a double portion of his faith, and he will give it to you. What faith Paul had, what a daily relationship he had with his Savior, Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes on the prize, my brothers and sisters. It's worth it. Your life is important. It's valued highly to God. He loves you very much. Now, I want us to reread 1 Corinthians 2.9, the verse that we just started at the very beginning. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ears heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. What is your understanding of this verse now in light of what we study today? How will it impact your life today? 
Believe in his promises, my friends, my brothers and sisters. God's words are sure and eternal. He, I'm so grateful for his Lord, for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I want us to get out of here and leave out of the church uplifted is my main goal, is to share what we've went through experiences, to share what we've gone through in life, and to be encouraged by one another, with support by one another, and to know that, you know what, no matter what situation you're going through in trial, Jesus will be there for us. Amen. So who here wants to live a victorious and Christian life? Let us all stand and pray together. Dear gracious, loving Lord, we're so thankful, God, for this opportunity to study your word together, to reread those inspiring words that you've shared with us, Lord, that you provided for us so that we can be uplifted to know that it is through the power of the Holy Spirit and his guidance that will change and alter our life for doing good, Father, for you. We know that, Lord, we have been saved, Lord, those who, who have accepted their gift, their free gift of salvation, Lord, that we may continue the, the right path, the narrow path, um, this path of, of um, hope and joy that you're coming again. And those who have not accepted today, today that they may accept thee as a personal Savior, Lord. Help us not to wait until tomorrow. Today is a day of salvation, like your word says. And help us to be prepared continually, Lord, to pray for one another, to love one another, with, not only with words, but with deeds and actions, Father. It is my prayer in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.